This is the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Biblical Unitarian Podcast. This episode number 20, entitled The Origins of Wisdom Christology in Sirach and Philo. The Biblical Unitarian Podcast is the podcast that aims to start conversations about the oneness and unity of God and about the humanity of Jesus. Thanks again so much for joining us today. My name is Dustin Smith. I am your host. In our previous episode, episode 19, we began to explore the origins of wisdom Christology. As a reminder, wisdom Christology is the understanding of Jesus pertaining to him being the fullest expression and climactic epitome of God's wisdom. Modern scholars have noted this wisdom Christology in the Gospel of Matthew, the Gospel of John, 1 Corinthians, the Epistle to the Colossians, and the Book of Hebrews. However, these New Testament authors were not the first to depict God's wisdom as embodied into a human being, for our previous episode demonstrated that this sort of theology can in fact be traced back to the book of Proverbs. It was in Proverbs that we observed God's wisdom, personified as a female figure, was depicted with a dozen literary connections to female human beings who embodied Lady Wisdom's teachings into their lives. In this episode, we are going to look at two additional Jewish authors who can also be observed as depicting actual human figures as the embodiment of Lady Wisdom. These two authors are the author of Sirach and Philo. Now, I need to preface this episode by saying both that I admit that Sirach and Philo are not included in the modern Protestant canon of Scripture, although Sirach was included in the Septuagint, which served as the early Christians' Greek translation of the Old Testament. However, both Sirach and Philo serve as examples of Jews depicting in their writings actual human beings as the embodiment of Lady Wisdom, just as the New Testament writers do in regard to Jesus Christ. Since Proverbs, Sirach, and Philo all predate the writings of the New Testament, their examples prove that the New Testament was not introducing a brand new theme when it describes Jesus as Lady Wisdom's embodiment, but rather was arguing within the same tradition as these previous Jewish theologians. So I apologize if the contents of this particular episode only marginally fit under the umbrella of quote, biblical Unitarian, but I felt that the evidence presented here was so important in setting the stage for our future episodes wherein wisdom Christology will be observed in the New Testament that it needed to be stated in the interest of being thorough. So let's begin. We are going to start with the book of Sirach, which was a book written around the year 180 BC. It's a massive book spanning 51 chapters. And since Sirach drew upon the book of Proverbs, Sirach also heavily personified God's wisdom into a female figure. In fact, there's a massive chapter within the book of Sirach, Sirach chapter 24, in which God's wisdom is heavily personified as, again, lady wisdom. Let's read this passage. I'm going to read Sirach 24. I'm just going to read the first 22 verses. Actually, the chapter goes on quite longer than 22 verses. I'm going to be reading out of the translation from the New Revised Standard Version, which actually includes 
this book within its Bible. Sirach chapter 24 and verse 1. Wisdom praises herself and tells of her glory in the midst of her people. In the assembly of the Most High, she opens her mouth. And in the presence of his host, she tells of her glory. Quote, I came forth from the mouth of the Most High and covered the earth like a mist. I dwelt in the highest heavens, and my throne was in a pillar of cloud. Alone I compassed the vault of heaven and traversed the depths of the abyss. Over waves of the sea, over all the earth, and over every people and nation, I have held sway. Among all those I sought a resting place. In whose territory should I abide? Then the Creator of all things gave me a command, and my Creator chose a place for my tent. He said, quote, Make your dwelling in Jacob, and in Israel receive your inheritance. End quote. Before the ages, in the beginning, he created me, and for all the ages I shall not cease to be. In the holy tent I ministered before him, and so I was established in Zion. Thus, in the beloved city, he gave me a resting place, and in Jerusalem was my domain. I took root in an honored people, in the portion of the Lord, his heritage. I grew tall like a cedar in Lebanon, like a cypress on the heights of Hermon. I grew tall like a palm tree in Engedi, like the rose bushes in Jericho, like a fair olive tree in the field, and like a plane tree beside water, I grew tall. Like cassia and camel's thorn, I gave forth perfume, and like choice myrrh, I spread my fragrance. Like galbanum on Yika and Stach, like the odor of incense in the tent. Like a terebinth, I spread out my branches, and my branches are glorious and graceful. Like the vine, I bud forth the lights, and my blossoms become glorious and abundant fruit. Come to me, you who desire me, and eat your fill of my fruits. For the memory of me is sweeter than honey, and the possession of me sweeter than the honeycomb. For those who eat of me will hunger no more, and those who drink of me will thirst no more. Whoever obeys me will not be put to shame, and those who work with me will not sin. That's Sirach chapter 24, verses 1 through 22, in the New Revised Standard Version translation. There we can see in that 24th chapter of Sirach a major personification of Lady Wisdom. She speaks as someone that appears in this poetry one who is distinct from God. God is still described as the creator, but Lady Wisdom here is still speaking. She is still described with feminine pronouns, and she is the one that was influential within Israel's history. She made her abode in Jacob. She was there in Jerusalem. She was there within the tent, and she was openly inviting those who would listen to her to take of her fruits, to come and eat of her, to come and to drink of her, and to obey her. These are all very similar things that we saw within the book of Proverbs. And it's also, as we look forward to the New Testament's description of Jesus as the embodiment of wisdom, it is very easy for us to see that the New Testament writers could be drawing upon these sort of descriptions of wisdom when they are describing Jesus Christ. I'm thinking in particular some of these connections that sound very much like the sayings of Jesus within the Gospel of John. Now, the book of Sirach continues in its book 
into chapter 50, where it actually describes and praises the virtue of an actual human being named Simon. Simon was the high priest, serving as high priest during the 3rd century B.C. And in this long chapter in the book of Sirach that describes this human being, Simon the high priest, there are eight different connections to where Simon is described with the very same language that was used to describe Lady Wisdom previously in chapter 24. In other words, the description of Lady Wisdom personified so heavily in chapter 24 gets reapplied into the life of an actual human being, Simon the High Priest, within the same book in the 50th chapter. Let's look at these connections. Connection number one. In Sirach 50 and verse 20, it says, Then Simon came down and raised his hands over the whole congregation of Israelites to pronounce the blessing of the Lord with his lips and to glory in his name. Now the verb here, to glory, was also used of Lady Wisdom in Sirach 24 and verse 1, where it says that Wisdom praises herself and tells of her glory, there it is, in the midst of her people. So this first connection has Simon glorying in the midst of God's people and Lady Wisdom glorying in the midst of God's people. Connection number two, this is in chapter 50 and verse 5, where it says how he was glorified, surrounded by the people. So the verb glorified and the noun people appears there in regard to Simon the high priest. But the same was also said of Lady Wisdom in chapter 24 and verse 12, which says, I took root in a glorified people, there the noun and the verb appears, in the portion of the Lord, his heritage. So a second connection states that Simon is surrounded by the people and was glorified just as Lady Wisdom surrounded herself among the people, glorified. Connection number three. In chapter 50 and verse 8, Simon the high priest is compared to roses in the days of firstfruits. Using a very rare word here for roses, but this was also said of Lady Wisdom in chapter 24 and verse 14, where she grew tall like the rose bushes of Jericho. The same noun is used in both places. So the third connection here is that Simon is likened unto roses and Lady Wisdom is likened unto roses. Connection number four, this is in chapter 50 and verse 9. Simon is like fire and incense in the censer, so he's compared to incense, just as Lady Wisdom is described in chapter 24 and verse 15, where it says that she is like the odor of incense in the tent. So the same noun is used of both Simon and Lady Wisdom in this fourth connection, which can be summarized as Simon is compared to the incense in the priestly censer, just as Lady Wisdom is compared to the incense, particularly in the priestly tent. Connection number five, this is in chapter 50 and verse 10. Simon the high priest is like an olive tree laden with fruit. That's in Sirach 50 and verse 10. Just like Lady Wisdom was said in 24 and verse 14, where she said, quote, I grew tall like a fair olive tree in the field. That same noun is used in both places. So the fifth connection is that Simon is compared to an olive tree, just as Lady Wisdom is compared to an olive tree. Connection number six, Sirach 50 and verse 10, says that Simon was like a cypress towering in the clouds. Just like Lady Wisdom said in chapter 24 and verse 13, that, quote, I grew tall like a cypress on the heights of Hermon. So the same noun is used 
of both Simon and Lady Wisdom in this sixth connection, which can be summarized as Simon is compared to a cypress tree, just as Lady Wisdom is compared to a cypress tree. Connection number seven, in chapter 15 and verse 12, it says that when he received the portions from the hands of the priest, as he stood by the hearth of the altar, with a garland of brothers around him, he was like a young cedar on Lebanon, just as Lady Wisdom said, quote, I grew tall like a cedar in Lebanon, end quote. That is in chapter 24 and verse 13. So the seventh connection says that Simon was compared to a cedar tree, just as Lady Wisdom was compared to a cedar tree. Both of those trees, by the way, are in Lebanon. Connection number eight. This is in chapter 50 and verse 15, which says that he held out his hand for the cup and poured a drink offering of the blood of the grape. He poured it out at the foot of the altar, a pleasing fragrance to the Most High, the King of all. That's 50 in verse 15. But this was also said of Lady Wisdom in 24 and verse 15, where she was like choice myrrh, I spread my fragrance. So that fragrance there, using the same noun in both places, is the eighth connection, where Simon, with his offering, makes a pleasing fragrance, just as Lady Wisdom offers forth her fragrance. So we have all of these very, very specific connections to where God's personified wisdom, again, God's personified interaction with his world, with his direction, and with his instruction, with his teaching, gets embodied into chapter 50 of the book of Sirach in an actual human being who lived and existed. He was the high priest, Simon, who served as high priest in the 3rd century BCE. What is interesting here in looking at Sirach chapter 24, this is kind of looking forward to our interaction with the New Testament, is we read in chapter 24 and verse 18, where it's said of Lady Wisdom, quote, Then the Creator of all things gave me a command, and my Creator chose the place for my tent. Keep in mind that word tent. He said, quote, Make your dwelling in Jacob, and in Israel receive your inheritance. That's in Sirach 24 and verse 8. But the same was said of Jesus in John's Gospel, in John's prologue, particularly in John 1.14, where it says the word became flesh and dwelt among us. But the verb here to dwell means to tabernacle, to dwell, to pitch one's tent. And it uses the same verb that was used in Sirach 24 and verse 8. Actually, in Sirach 24.8, the noun form is used, the noun skinin, to where in John 1.14, the verbal form is used, eskinosin. So it's very interesting that John's Gospel is drawing upon Lady Wisdom's description in Sirach 24 and verse 8. So I just kind of leave that there. We're going to revisit this when we look specifically at Wisdom Christology in John's Gospel. This is just trying to demonstrate that this particular theology was quite pervasive. So that's very interesting. Sirach there, in conclusion, is one who has a long description of God's personified wisdom, just as we saw throughout the book of Proverbs. And also, like the book of Proverbs, the book of Sirach embodies the descriptions of Lady Wisdom into an actual human being, thus demonstrating that Simon the high priest was the embodiment, or you could even argue the incarnation of Lady Wisdom. What is never stated in the book of Sirach is that Simon the high priest personally pre-existed his human life as Lady Wisdom. That argument is not made. That theology is not stated. It was just that Simon the high priest embodied and walked 
according to God's wisdom in every single way. Now let's move on. We're going to move on here to the first century into our second example. This is the example of Philo Judaeus. Philo was born in the year 20 BC, and he died around the year 50 AD. Philo was a Greek-speaking Jewish philosopher from Alexandria, Egypt. He was a prolific writer, and the number of his writings that have survived for us today, in total, are even larger than all of the works of the New Testament combined. So Philo was a massive writer. Let's look at some of the things that Philo says. I'm going to look at uh, two particular themes that we're going to see. So first passage we're going to look at is from his writing called On Flight and Finding, and this is in verse 109. I'm reading out of the Loeb Classical Library. Philo says this in regard to the high priest. He is the child of parents incorruptible and wholly free from stain, his father being God, who is likewise father of all, and his mother, wisdom, through whom the universe came into existence. Here we see Philo stating that God is the father of all and God is the creator, but God uses wisdom in his creation of all things. In fact, it says, quote, wisdom through whom the universe came into existence. So Philo seems to indicate that God created the universe through wisdom. Wisdom here being personified as a mother, as a female figure. God creating the world through wisdom is, of course, something that was already taught within the Old Testament, within the Hebrew Bible. This can be demonstrated in Psalm 104 and verse 24 and Proverbs 3.19. Again, that's Psalm 104, verse 24 and Proverbs 3.19. Follow also repeats this comment about God creating the world through wisdom in his work called The Worse Attacks the Better. This is in verse 54 where it says, if you accord a father's honor to him who created the world and a mother's honor to wisdom, by whose agency the universe was brought to completion, you yourselves will be the gainer. There again, wisdom, by whose agency the universe was brought to completion, seems to be the way that Philo describes the creation of the world. God the Father is the creator, and God creates the world through wisdom. So that's two places now that we've seen that Philo echoes what the Old Testament has already stated in stating that God created all things, but he did it through his wisdom, meaning he created the world wisely and ordered. Philo here again, personifying wisdom as a female figure in these descriptions of creation, describing wisdom as a mother figure in particular. But Philo goes on and describes this figure of wisdom, this female figure of wisdom, with an actual human being. And we're going to see here that that human being is Sarah, Abraham's wife. Abraham, the famous patriarch of the book of Genesis. Philo does this in three particular books. First place that he does this is also in his work called The Worse Attacks the Better. Here in verse 124, it says, For if Isaac means laughter, and according to Sarah's unerring witness, God is the maker of laughter, God may, with perfect truth, be said to be Isaac's father. But he gives to Abraham, the wise one, a share in his own title. And by the excision of grief, he has bestowed on him gladness, the offspring of wisdom. There he says that Isaac is the offspring of wisdom. Formerly that was stated to be specifically Sarah. 
So here he specifically calls Sarah wisdom and says that Isaac is the offspring of wisdom. Sarah here being clearly identified with God's wisdom. Let's look at another passage where Philo makes this connection. This is in his document called Allegorical Interpretation, Book 2, verse 82, where he says, Do you not notice that Sarah, that is, dominant wisdom, states, For whosoever shall hear of it shall rejoice with me. Here, Philo very clearly says that Sarah is dominant wisdom. And actually, in the Greek text that I can look and see here in the Loeb Classical Library's translation, the connection is actually much clearer. There actually isn't a verb to be. It's just the dominant wisdom, Sarah, says this. So Sarah here again, clearly being identified with God's wisdom. God's wisdom here is identified as an actual human being. Sarah, Abraham's wife. Last reference we're going to look at is in Philo's work called the Preliminary Studies, starting in verse 12, which says, For Sarah, we are told, said to Abraham, Behold, the Lord has shut me out from bearing. Go in unto my handmaid, that thou mayest beget children from her. In the present discussion, we must eliminate all bodily unions or intercourse, which has pleasure as its object. What is meant is a mating of mind with virtue. Mind desires to have children by virtue, and if it cannot do so at once, is instructed to espouse virtue's handmaid, the lower instruction. Now we may well feel profound admiration for the discretion shown by wisdom. Here, Philo is saying that Sarah said something very profound, and then he goes on to say in the very next verse, verse 13, that this was the profound admiration shown by wisdom, clearly identifying wisdom with Sarah. So three places there, Philo describes Sarah, the wife of Abraham the patriarch, as Lady Wisdom herself, without any sort of hesitation or without any sort of explanation. It is described very casually as if this sort of theology was something that he could clearly state without having to explain himself very much. So, in conclusion, we have observed that, number one, the theology exhibited in the book of Proverbs, wherein God's wisdom, personified as a female figure that gets embodied into human beings, was highly influential in subsequent Jewish works written before the New Testament, namely Sirach and the writings of Philo. Number two, we observe that the book of Sirach, which was included in the early Greek translation of the Old Testament, known as the Septuagint, details the personified Lady Wisdom in chapter 24, and then goes on to embody Lady Wisdom into Simon the High Priest in chapter 50, using the very same language for both figures on eight different instances. Number three, we observe that Philo demonstrates that the theology regarding God's wisdom embodied into human beings was still pervasive within the first century AD. For Philo, Wisdom was the agent of God's creation, but this same wisdom is stated in three different places as being identified with Sarah, Abraham's wife. And number four, it needs to be stated that the author of Sirach and Philo, in describing Simon the high priest and Sarah as embodiments of Lady Wisdom, never once attributed any form of personal preexistence to them. For these authors, 
Simon the high priest, and Sarah were human beings influenced and directed by God's wisdom. That is, walking according to God's wise direction and interaction with his creation. If you enjoyed the Biblical Unitarian Podcast and you would like to support the work that it is doing, be sure to check out this episode's description for PayPal link. Thanks again so much for listening to us. My name is Dustin Smith, and until next time, take care.